0: They got to a point where they said, well, we have to dismantle the entire system. Mm. And what can you say about that? I I agreed, but I also disagreed. And it was kind of a paradoxical situation because the end result was terrible. And over here, you're not at that point. Mm. You can fix it. You can make it better.
1: Welcome back to Miss Radio. This is Gabe Sanders. Up ahead is my interview with Iyad Al-Hamid. Iyad is an MBA IPD grad. That's Business Administration and International Policy and Development. He graduated in December of 2018, so he's fresh out. He's trying to make his way in the world. And I think he's got a perspective that you guys will appreciate, if not sympathize with. Um, and that's Okay. One of the themes that we touch on in our conversation is that it really is okay to disagree. And that's where productive conversations really begin, actually. Uh, You'll hear that. And you'll hear Ed's perspective on a lot of things, uh, like American politics and the American immigration system and what it is like to be an immigrant, especially one without a home to return to. Iyad cannot go back to Saudi Arabia, where he lived for much of his life. He cannot go back to Syria right now for obvious reasons. And with the temporary protected status and asylum regulations kind of up in the air these days, with the government's kind of crackdown on asylum seekers and immigration in general... Iyad's future is not certain, uh, but he is fighting to stay here in this country, despite how hard this country is making it for him. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation, even if you don't just, dis- even if you don't agree with everything that he says or that I say, for that matter. Um, well, without further ado, here is Iyad Al-Hamid.
2: We are back on this radio. This is Gabe Sanders. I'm here with Iyad Alhamid. He had graduated in 2018, in December, and he also appeared on a podcast recently. Well, he recorded it recently, and he's going to be appearing when we release it. It's coming week. Um, today is, of course, April 24th. Look out for this next week. We're moving in time right now. It's really cool. Yeah. How have you been since graduation?
0: I've been on a roller coaster, which is fun but kind of uh, nerve-wracking. Yeah, um, I've been having kind of a fight with um, immigration. I was four days away from uh, losing my status, so I had to I had to call up a lawyer and uh, you know say, hey, you know what? Um, I graduated and my student visa expired, and uh, the the other visa that I'm on, which is called Temporary Protected Status, it's for Syrians, was not getting renewed. Right. It was stuck somewhere we in some building. Um, well, actually, we know who to thank for it. But we also know that this is not a new thing. It's not just a Trump thing. And I've been having difficulties with immigration since, uh, since I got here since Obama. And, uh, well, yeah, Trump made it a little more difficult. So now processing times are getting longer. And you kind of don't hear back. It's like, well, am I legal? Am I illegal? It's like, and here's the thing i don't want to become illegal because that opens up the door for deportation it's right. like well well 5 year bar yeah, 10 year bar yeah it's like well yeah that kind of thing but uh, it took a while but i'm fixing it now so i like i said i called up a lawyer and she's she's great she's very experienced and she listened to my case and she was like you you have good chances so, uh, don't worry about it. And I know I do, because like I said, I, I never allow for anything to happen that would make me illegal or, or something that's like, um, becoming undocumented because right. that's like, it, it opens up a door against you. So, yeah.
2: yeah. So I expect on the other podcast you recorded with some of our, um, Arabic speaking students at MIS uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago at this point. Uh, you probably talked about the being a Muslim at MIST in the U.S., but what I'd like to hear more about now, if you don't mind, is about this case, your case. Mm-hmm. Um, the case usually refers to an experience, the experience you've had coming from Syria to here, but there's a lot that happened in between. Yeah. So yeah. tell us more about your story.
0: Do you mean from Syria? Like, what's, What timeline are you looking at?
2: Let's say you you can you can compress parts of it for sure if you want, but you said TPS is for Syrians
0: and other and other, other, other nationalities that have issues.
2: Well, let, let, let's get as much as we can. Um, how did you, as a Syrian, end up in the United States?
0: Ten years ago, I was. Still in Syria. I was um, in college and it was pre war. It was mm-hmm. not like it was not, there was no war going on, but it was uh, unstable and uh, there was a lot of corruption uh, at university and there was a lot of uh, tribalism going on and um, there was tension. You could feel the tension if you're walking down mm-hmm. the street. You can, you talk to people. And everybody's not angry, but they're not comfortable. There's a lot going on. So I had the option of leaving. I was like, I want to finish my education. I don't want to be any part of this. It's just not productive and it's not going anywhere. And I left. I went to Saudi Arabia where I studied engineering for a few years. And then uh, there was a lot of anti-immigration rhetoric over there too because, yeah, they had a – Saudization program where they want to give the jobs to saudis so basically basically hire saudis build saudis you know something like that yeah. um,
2: indirectly, it's and
0: indirectly indirectly it's well actually it was direct even more direct yeah it was like well you know what the jobs are for the saudis that's what it said right. basically and um so i left i i went to cyprus and i finished my uh, studies there i changed programs i did marketing okay and, um, and what was the degree you got in Cyprus?
2: Marketing. Oh, mar- you changed to marketing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But because in in that time frame, a lot happened, and I was like, I want to build buildings, but I also want mm-hmm. to build something else because I noticed that there was um there was a lot of political talk going on, and in the meantime, Syria went into war, and right. I, I was like, I'm more interested in people and how people think. So I read about psychology, I read about uh, businesses and how they work, and I was interested in marketing because if you learn marketing, you learn how to communicate with people, and you learn how to deliver your message. So, yes, in a way, I studied it because there was money in it, but I was, you know, I was like, I want to learn this skill of marketing. And, uh, well, it's it wasn't until now, until I actually Started using those skills after I finished grad school. But back to the story. So, graduated from Cyprus That was 2015, and I had a a year of kind of post graduation where I was kind of not sure what's coming next. Mm-hmm. I still had a residency in Saudi Arabia. That's valid. I was still allowed to be there. But I was turning 25, and they had this law where if you're a male and you're 25, well, you either get a job and live here, and they'll take your passport if you do that. They'll take it away, and they'll say, well, you're on a contract, and if you want to renew the contract, we're going to renew your contract until you terminate it. And if you terminate it, then we'll give you your passport, and then you can go wherever you want. But they keep, yeah, they keep it. With them,
2: I just want to clarify. So, at 25, you either have to leave, yeah, you get to keep your passport, or you have to, if you choose to stay, you have to work and they require that you stay for a certain period period of time. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, fair enough. You have to sign a contract and you you look at it, and it says, Well, you either stay for a year, two years, three years, whatever it says. And I did not want to hand over my neck that way. Mm -hmm. It was like, No, thank you. I want to to continue my studies.
2: And I thought our immigration laws were
0: Oh no. Weird. No. I'll take Trump over Saudi Arabia any day. You heard it here? But- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, look, man, I had great friends back in Saudi Arabia, but their immigration laws are catastrophic. It doesn't get a lot of media because it's not America. You know, America says, hey, we want you know, a lot of Americans come out and say we want to make the world a better place. We want human rights. And they try to do it. They screw up a lot, but they do it. You know, you guys are working hard. But in Saudi Arabia, it's like, in Saudi Arabia, it's very tribal. Saudis come first. You want to stay here, we'll give you some money, but we'll do this, 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 and that. You either agree or you just leave. And back in those days, yeah. Back in those days, I wanted to do a master's degree. And that was right before I came to Miz, and it was. Right before the u s elections of 2016. so I was like i'm either gonna make it there now or um or make it to the u s to, to yeah because I wanted to get my master's degree here. It was Ms because I wanted to come to Ms. Mm. Ms. had the offer to to get an to, to give an m b a and an international policy and development degree together, and that was like, well, there was no other place in the world that I know of that gives mm. those Two-degree graduate. Yeah. A dual degree, yeah.
2: IPD, and MBA. Yeah. It's one of the last MBA students. Yeah. Yeah. Um how how did you learn about MIS in the first place?
0: An alumnus uh, told me about it. Um, a professor of mine who went to MIS. And uh, after I graduated from undergrad, I came to him and I said, I want to do an MBA. He said to me, you know what? I know the right place for you. It's called the Middlebury Institute because you not only get an MBA, you also get that other degree Mm -hmm. program, which is good for you. International policy, you're a Syrian, you know, get it because you'll learn a lot about politics. And uh, I can tell from your conversations that you're interested in this topic. And I said, exactly. You kind of read my mind. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do, um, I wanted to study politics or study business because I was kind of somewhere in between. Uh, because like I said, I'm interested in the dynamics of management, how to manage people, how to market things. Uh, because it gets you results. Mm. You can get results if you learn that skill. Whereas if you, you study – I mean it's uh, just it's not too late, man. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> and by, by the way, you don't
2: directly kind of in the MPA because we learn nonprofit or governmental side of things, which is different. Yeah. As far as like how to make something successful. You
0: can learn on YouTube, man. It's like (laughs) you get a degree. I mean, the reason you want to get a degree is because it's kind of a piece of paper that says you're not stupid and you can do this. Yeah. 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 People
2: take you more seriously.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So you made it to Miss in 2016. That's when you began. That's a heck of a time to be not only emigrating from the Middle East, immigrating to the United States but beginning studies in a program that's focused on exactly the things that concern us about what has happened since 2016. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more than we could fit in a, you know, half hour, 45 minute conversation about the last three, two and a half, three years of your life. Yeah. But if you could sum up this kind of, this experience as somebody from the parts of the world that we study on powerpoints and in textbooks, and from a really, you know, it's a desk job. It's not we're not in the field, especially not in places like Syria or Cyprus or Saudi, for that matter. Um, what's it like to be around a bunch of people who've never seen it but are studying it and have opinions about it? It's
0: very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting, especially um, that I I sometimes. Uh, it was a very interesting experience to be here because I saw this I, I, I saw similar patterns of tribalism hmm. as there was in Syria. It just looks a little bit different in Syria. It's kind of like the final stages of tribalism where it ended up destroying the place where we have also we have tyranny over there, and there's lots of lots of bad things going on there, but over here. It's I when I whenever I have a conversation with someone here, um, it's obviously a democratic school. There's lots of democratic points of views, but democratic yeah, justice. so
2: yeah.
0: yeah, so I I talk when I ask someone about their point of view about something, let's say taxation, and they answer my question about taxation. I can almost always reliably predict their stance on everything else, about abortion, about feminism, about everything, about immigration, and well, a lot of people consider this a good thing here. It's like a safe space, but I don't. I don't think so. I think it's a bad thing. I, I think it's very dangerous.
2: The isolation of these kind of
0: because it says that areas. you're you've been taught things and you're not doing your own thinking. Yeah. And this is a place where you learn, you're supposed to learn how to do your own thinking. But I don't see people adopting points of views that don't always go along the lines of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's a spectrum. Not. It's not always, people are not all the same here. But I see the polarization. And it's the same on the other side. Mm-hmm. I have spoken with Republican friends of mine, and they tend to have similar points of views about, about everything. And I look at the left, and I look at the right, and I'm like, man, okay, well, I've seen this in Syria, you know, pro-Assad, anti-Assad. If you're not with us, you're against us. It's like, well, that's not healthy. That's not healthy.
2: Man, how do we make it healthier?
0: We talk. we talk. We talk. I think the idea of this safe space is a terrible idea because you're not allowed to offend people. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to get somewhere, you're going to have to risk offending people.
2: See, and there's a, I don't disagree. The no, please is, disagree. Well, if you, if you that, do. Because yeah. Because if it's it's you do the tell me. factor though is That, that particular stance on that, like. Being politically correct I mean politically correct is different from just Offending somebody with your ideas But there's a big conversation about Political correctness in the US right now And generally it is a pretty Binary stance Either you are for political correctness And you probably identify as a democrat Or vote as a democrat at least Or identify as a liberal Mm -hmm. Or progressive Or you believe that political correctness has gone way too far And chances are You identify as a republican or you identify as a conservative or as a Trump supporter. Well, that's,
0: that's where I take issue. Yeah. It's like, it's not black or white. It's not supposed to be black. It's not supposed to be. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, like you said, so I see what you mean now. Yeah, it's gotten there, and I don't, I don't like that.
2: Well, it's like you said, you know, you ask somebody about their stance on taxes, and like you're not, I feel like that is pretty consistent. You know, if they say I want lower taxes on the wealthy people in this country you can extrapolate from there and probably understand whose interests they have at heart or well, not at heart. That's the thing. I can never really tell sometimes if, it, if people are going along, what are people's motives for going along with a certain political philosophy? Mm. Is it even a philosophy to them or is it like
0: sports? We're lazy. <laughs> We're lazy. What we like to do, including when you say me.
2: We, do you mean humans in general? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. We like the easy, you know, let's just swallow this pill. Whoever we like tells us something. We just take it at face value, and I don't blame us because we do need shortcuts. We can't we can't spend all of our time looking into every single aspect. Mm. We can't study everything. There's not enough time. a
2: policy student.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if you are a policy mm-hmm. student, there's yeah. only so much time for you to learn about so many things. Okay. So yes, we get lazy, but you know what? I mean, let's try to resist that laziness. Let's just, let's try to think harder because I hear that. Because I, I've seen the end of this route.
2: Mm.
0: I've seen the end of this route, and it's not a pleasant route. And I'm not yeah. here to sound the alarm. No, no, no. I, I don't That's, think.
2: You're not the first person who's made mention of that. It's like, because people joke about this country becoming a banana republic, as they call it, you know, where it's really, you know, there we have the ability to export valuable things, and there's basically an authoritarian in charge on the shots because yeah. the economy is good enough to justify it
0: he's a he's a wannabe authoritarian I, I wouldn't go as far to say he's authoritarian he can't yet implement everything he wants to implement which is good for the u.s the, the system is exhibiting a, a good a good amount of reliability it's it's still Resilient. He's, institutions, yeah, institutions. he's trying. He's definitely got that character where he yeah. wants to dismantle it and just do whatever he wants. And it's like, no, sir. We've <laughs> it's like we've come we've come a long way, and we know that people like you are gonna come and try to do right. this. But there's three branches, and we're not gonna let you do that. So he he wants Nobody. to be authoritarian. But I'm not concerned about him in particular because he's a person. He's he's more like a symptom.
2: Of the tribalism,
0: yeah, that you're talking about. Yeah.
2: yeah, I, I see what you're saying about the tribalism, and I, I feel like America. I mean, think back to like the Roman Empire, the gladi- gladiators, and the arenas where they had chariot races. I feel like we've begun to treat politics in a similar way. Hmm. These are our avatars. These are our gladiators, and they're fighting it out to the death. But then the real consequences of it sometimes get lost. Because most people experience it only through their television at best. Right. You know, even a policy student here at this, you know, some of us might go abroad and go work on programs with the UN or with some NGO somewhere and see something firsthand. But we're always generally safe. Um, And this is what kind of makes me wonder, you know, what is it that's going to shake people out of treating this like a sport, treating it like a... And even the people who take it seriously or as seriously as they can from their armchairs and their comfortable space, the mm. way, what does it take to shake somebody loose of this kind of illusion of,
1: it'll all be fine.
0: I don't <laughs> know, to be honest. I don't know. I, I know the beginning of it is to start having conversations without mm. worrying about how you're going to feel. Right. Because once you're, here's the thing, here's why I take issue with people who say don't offend others. Because I look back at Syria and it's like we were not allowed to speak against the government and we were not allowed to speak with those who support the government. And in Saudi Arabia, we were not allowed to speak against the religious institution because it offends people. And that's one form of being politically correct. It's not one single form, it's it's different forms. And over here, you're getting to a point where a lot of people are trying to shut down speech because they're worried about feelings. And you you don't know where to draw the line. It's like, well, what am I supposed to be allowed to talk about and what am I supposed to not be allowed to talk about? And that's where people get... Although you don't have laws that prevent speech, but by, you know, how do you say it? You have a de facto situation in which people are not allowed to speak.
2: Right. I mean, and part of that is linked to the so-called identity politics. Yeah. And I'm not... Even that feels like it's a phrase that kind of belongs in the past, because I don't know that it describes the current situation particularly well anymore. It, parts of it, like when, when it's used as a weapon by the right saying, oh, identity politics are ruining this country, and in a, in a sense, they aren't wrong. On the left, they say, we're not playing identity politics, we're just playing social justice, we're addressing the wrongs, the Inequalities, inequities, historical, structural violence of our systems.
0: Yeah, but us, it gets lost. It yeah, was, it's it's not well defined. And from the point of view of the right, the left is playing identity politics, and obviously the right is playing it too. They're just playing a different form of it. Yeah. And well, I look at it. Yeah. I would so I would identify as a Democrat, um, but I wouldn't say I'm fully a Democrat because. I look at both sides and I'm like, wherever there's a good idea, I'll take it. Because I don't owe it to, to any party to to be a part of it, you know. Sure. I'm just an immigrant. I'm like, right. you know what, you guys have good things on both sides. Let's take both yeah. points from both sides. We don't have to just agree with everyone.
2: I adopt a similar stance. I mean, I have never voted for a Republican candidate for the presidency. However,
0: and based I mean, on the, the latest candidates, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've only been able
2: to vote since 2008 when yeah. Obama was running against McCain and I respect McCain for some of the things he did. I disagree with a lot of the other things yeah. he did and same with Obama, you know, frankly, there are a lot of things he did that I like, and a lot of things that he's responsible for decisions that he made that don't, especially in the field of immigration. I mean, that's,
0: he, it's I mean, funny cause I see some of his videos and they contradict uh, I, I think he was campaigning. He was, uh, in, some, in some videos, he would say, we have to implement strong immigration laws, which is good. And he was like, w- and we have to deport the illegals. And it's like, it sounded like Trump was saying that. And then when he's campaigning in oh, front yeah. of other people, it's like he would change his tone completely, which is interesting about yeah. politics. It's like, well, it depends yeah. on who you're talking to, I guess. Yeah,
2: and just kind of the, the temperature, the, the, the political climate. Yeah. yeah. Things are very different. Yeah,
0: but you know what? You know, Obama didn't go out and say, "Let's just ban an entire right. group of people because they belong to a certain English religion." Being
2: politically correct
0: by doing Does that
2: benefit say, to anybody's benefit. I don't know. I mean, n- n- he was being reasonable.
0: I mean, the policies Reason. are not ex- no, they're not. They're similar, but they're not exactly the same because Trump has a travel ban, mm-hmm. and you just can't yeah, travel. That's Greece. That's uh, Obama made it hard. There, yeah. It's like you can still come but it's hard, mm-hmm. which is two, two different things.
2: That he made it hard. Why did he make it hard? Why is Trump making it even harder? Um, and, for, and ex, you know, if you just look at the policies, they affect immigration in a way that it makes it difficult for people, especially people who would like to claim asylum or something, some, or they would like to have very protected status or say even DACA, something like that. It, they've made it very difficult to do that. Um, there's a lot of political spin about it. If you get away from that layer of it and you look at the policy, do you think it's justified? Do you believe, like, as an immigrant, it's I can't even imagine trying to analyze that from your perspective. Like,
0: I'm not sure I understand your question. Yeah, I'll, I'll
2: clarify. Um, do you believe that in a country like the U.S. with our resources as we have them, and the immigration system that we have, should we be decreasing immigration? Is that a solution to any of our problems?
0: I think the best approach is to look at numbers. You look, do we have an immigration problem? And the numbers say, no, we don't. I mean, when I say we, I mean the U.S. Because based based on past years, immigration is actually lower. Mm -hmm. It was just the, uh, what was happening in Europe is different. And uh, Trump was using that, uh, you know, as a, as a, a campaigning thing, a tool. You know, right. He was just saying, well, there's an immigr- immigration yeah. problem, and look at Europe, but that was not happening in the US. Right. So that's one thing. No, there was not a significant problem, and there's definitely no border crisis. That's not to say, see, when I say something like this to s- some um, Republicans, they, they assume that I'm saying, let's open the borders, yeah. and I'm that's, that's not so. what I'm saying. It's like, well, I'm not saying either. I'm saying there should be reasonable immigration laws. There should be a path for, for citizenship for people who are here and who want to become Americans. Mm-hmm. That's not to say open up your borders. Right. It, was, it was a reasonable policy that's been uh, uh, implemented for years before this whole thing that Trump just blew out of proportion. And there's, it was definitely not perfect. The vetting system that Trump attacked was not terrible. I mean, I have gotten so much scrutiny. It's mm-hmm. like I had to answer so many questions on interviews on my way here, and now when I when I uh, applied for asylum, there was a lot of questioning going on. So the vetting system is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we can make it better. I'm not opposed to that.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean as far as crisis at the border goes if there is a crisis it's one that's been caused by essentially making it, creating it it's almost like if you the the policies undertaken at the border seem to have exacerbated the conditions and I know that there have been more people coming to the border proportionally that's another members thing compared to previous years these so-called caravans um there, there there, are different reasons that have been proposed for why it's happening but the fact is we just don't have the infrastructure or the personnel in place to process them even if we wanted them to come because, it, well either that or they're being instructed to be very inefficient, I don't know mm. I really don't, because whatever's happening there are a lot of people in holding camps, detention camps, whatever you want to call them mm. um, in pretty terrible conditions, which is it, I, I would say Arguably, is a humanitarian crisis in a sense, but it's not. Well, I believe it's one that probably could have been prevented had resources been um, allocated more carefully, with more mm-hmm. foresight, and more compassion for the people.
0: Right. To immigrate. It's a complicated topic because when you talk about it, it's like, well, what's causing this immigration problem? And uh, the U.S. is definitely doing some, um, or has been doing some development. Programs. I think Trump is trying to cancel. He's trying the, to
2: get the funding out of Central America. Yeah,
0: Guatemala, it's like it's different. a lot cheaper for you to do this because then you don't have to deal with immigration, people pouring into the country. Right. If, you know, it's, yeah. it's, if you put it on...
2: In conditions yeah. in the sending countries. Yeah. know, that Either that's one of our economics. It's like
0: even if you're selfish, you should want to do this. Right. Because you're benefiting yourself. Then you, ha- you don't have to deal with other problems.
2: So I guess we can kind of see... In the negative space, there, the motives that are actually behind these policies, which have nothing to do with practicality or even self-interest.
0: I mean, even if I want to give Trump the benefit of the doubt, I would just say he's misinformed. He just doesn't know how to – I keep saying to my friends, it's like Trump is probably genuine about what he wants to do. He probably wants to make America great. He just doesn't know how to. His solutions are not well calculated. So that's one thing. And uh, Mm – I've been trying to communicate all of this on the internet, but I've been having difficulties um, recently. Well, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, uh, last June I started a YouTube channel and I called it "Dose Refugees, and it's basically to talk about the problem of immigration, but also to talk about the polarization that's going on in the US and to debunk some myths. From you know From my point of view, as a Syrian immigrant here, and uh, it worked out pretty well. Um, I posted six around six episodes, but recently I had to stop. I still didn 't terminate it, but I had to stop for various issues um, one of one of which was immigration itself. I was having immigration problems. I was four days away from becoming illegal, right. and uh, so i 've been working through that now and the other issue was financial sustainability because mm-hmm. the idea of the whole show is well first of all to get people to talk to change their points of views but also to become financially sustainable so that I do it as a job and to create a fund for refugees who want to study or start a business so I wanted to start a fund for them because I personally know a lot of refugees and there, A lot of them have the capacity. They want to do something with their lives. They want to either study or start a business, but they, they just don't have the means to. And it's funny because it's I'm kind of in that situation right now. So I had to stop the channel because yeah. I'm looking for a sponsor. It's like uh, I still didn't find a sponsor. I just got one sponsorship recently. And, uh, well, it wasn't big, so I, right. I couldn't continue doing this. So right now I'm doing several other things to sustain myself because I, well I can't get a job. That's one thing because
1: they yeah, don't give you a green card.
0: No, it's not. It's not a green card issue. The my uh, immigration status is called temporary protected status, and I have an asylum application that's pending. And they give you employment authorization, but they don't give you a permanent one. Hmm. So the one I have has six months in it, and it's like
2: six months remaining. Yeah. Okay.
0: So you can... Uh, well, it got renewed recently. So okay, it got renewed and they gave me six months. I see. So it's like, well, here's an employment authorization. Well, get
2: hired by somebody for a full-time job. They're,
0: They're going to look at it and say, well, you have six months. Yes. Are you going to stay or are you going to leave? They're not legally allowed to ask me this, but I know what's going to happen. They're going to say, right. well, good luck. <laughs> um, you've That's been fair. a good interviewee, yeah. but we can't hire you. So I've been... Um, Working in digital marketing, I've been uh, working part time uh, at a restaurant, and now I'm producing for uh, an, a YouTube channel in the Middle East. Um, I don't know if you heard about Charisma on Command. It's
2: a that sounds familiar. Sorry. It's it's
0: a medium sized uh, YouTube channel on uh, uh, run by what's his name Charlie Charlie Hooper and uh, my friend Omar Gibran in Saudi Arabia has an arabic version of that channel it's medium sized and now i'm running it making some money out of it in the meantime getting some experience and learning more about youtube because it's a skill you have to learn how to market your videos you have to learn how to get those views how to reach more people and how to get them to engage because if you get enough engagement then you start making ad revenue and once you start making ad revenue You start having more finances and then you can expand and then you can reach more people and then you get sponsors and then it grows from there. And that's my idea for DOS Refugees. So I'm keeping that on hold right now um, until I get my my, uh, immigration status figured out. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm also going through different issues. I'm trying to rewrite the strategy
1: a strategy for those?: refugees.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am not sure about my content. I'm not sure I want to continue doing the same content, hmm. which is a natural part of the process. You're going to have to adapt it to people.
2: I mean I'm one guy, but I know you've gotten thousands of views. I find your content to be very compelling. I learned from watching it. You're also very politically astute and funny. Thanks. So, I mean, if anybody watches, I mean, check it out. You'll know what I mean. I'm not saying it's just to blow smoke. This is, like, that's not enough. It's hard
0: keeping it funny because it's I not guess. a funny topic. Yeah. You know I remember mean,
2: you asking, you're looking for people to help write because it's like, how do you keep The, the writing it
0: part is the most difficult part because imagine. you just you just have to spend. It's most of the work, it's 70% of the work. And in order to do this, you're going to have to free your mind. You're going to have to not have a full-time job. Right. So this has to be your full-time job. And it's um, the good thing about it is that YouTube is relatively easy to access. Whenever you have a, a good idea, you can film, and then you can post it. And I'm saying this as if it was just something you do in like a couple days. I've seen the
2: production process. I know it's, it, it's not just a spur-of-the-moment thing.
0: Yeah. But it's it's still a lot easier than the writing part, sure. and so that's why I'm currently looking for a sponsor, and it's um, it's taking me some time.
2: Yeah. Once you've got a sponsor, I mean, I'm not gonna ask you like what size you need, because like we all know what the cost of living is, and then taking home savings or profit, let alone profit, you know, that's what uh, are you looking for a sponsor that shares your values? Or are you looking for
0: that was one of the issues I was having because there was one way I could raise finances I could um, do a fundraiser or a goFundMe but I changed my mind about that because if I do that then uh, I'll have expectations people will expect certain content they will expect that I would post something that they would agree with, and that's not what I want to do mm-hmm. i'm in fact in my next episode i'm gonna it's gonna I'm working on this new episode. I'm gonna call it Syrian rants. Stop calling for socialism, because, I mean, look. Right now, I'm going through. I'm I'm getting bitten by uh, by capitalism. But you know what? Right. It's it's much better than socialism because socialism destroyed Syria. And I get it when people say we want socialism in the U.S. They mean the the Nordic model. Right. That's not socialism. No. That's just capitalism well regulated with Good safety nets. Responsible. Higher taxation. Yeah.
2: Social yeah. democracy.
0: Socialism yeah. is when the government owns the means of production, and that's what was happening in Syria. I
2: feel like we should know this.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, you're a policy student, and you don't know this. It's yeah. like, well, I have to make a video about it, I guess. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, if policy students don't know, you can bet your bottom that people out there... like, Not, not that people aren't smart. It's just like that distinction doesn't make it. Down to the people who are a voting, yeah, not all certainly not all a small minority, and b the people who are actually forming policies probably don't like elected representatives don't seem to understand that either, mm. or they pretend not to. Move I think out. they're pretending. I would. I'd like to believe that, which sucks in itself. Like, yeah. that, they are
1: willfully kind of portraying ignorance.
0: Well, not well, look. Look, man, politicians—they're human beings. Mm. We should never expect less they're and i don't look One i don't bl- i don't blame them, yeah yeah, I, I don't blame them, I mean, they, they have to communicate a message like right. what we were talking about earlier when Obama was talking about immigration, he had to say that because that's what the common man will respond to it's right. like uh, and I, I don't mean to sound condescending, but this is what you have to say, yeah. and this is what works, so I look at the the politicians in the u s and like well. I think a lot of them are genuine and they just genuinely want to do something good for the country, yeah. but it all boils down to the final product. What, what do you have to, what do you have to offer? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but it's funny because when I hear, yeah, go, going back to the point of yeah. uh, socialism. I hear this a lot at Ms. It's like, let's dismantle capitalism. It's like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, let's, let's destroy the country. Let's, uh, Let's blow up businesses. What do you mean by that?
2: I think there's an actual workshop title with that in the title, Dismantling the White Do Ambulance you know Patriarch. about that? I There's I... valuable information in that class, but the concept, like dismantling all of these things, some of
1: which... I don't
0: know. Look, man, I don't know. It, was very, it was a very exciting thought when... Um, a lot of my friends said, "Let's dismantle the the Syrian regime," mm. which is, I something I want. I want the the regime to be changed, right? I wanted it, I wanted it to be replaced with a a democratic regime. But it was dangerous because I lost friends. They died. Yeah. Like they died. It was game over,
2: yeah.
0: right? Family members. They just disappeared from existence because it was just a very violent game at the end of the day and it's like be careful and uh, the thing that happened in Syria it's like it's the worst possible scenario because you couldn't change it peacefully you had to revolt people had to revolt because they just starved it's, it was they got to a point where there was no employment opportunities and education was corrupted and there was health care was not going well and it was just rock bottom so they got to a point where they said well we have to dismantle the entire system and what can you say about that Did, I I agreed but I also disagreed and it was kind of a paradoxical situation because the end result was terrible and over here you, you're not at that point you can fix it you can make it better we have good examples that are going on in in Europe taxation works, but you're also upsetting the the, the Republicans because they don't want higher taxation. So you have to find middle ground. You don't want to push too far because you have a difference in the culture. So I don't know who said that. It was someone said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. (laughs) I I, I don't remember the name. Uh, I remember I heard it recently and it was like, well, the best yes plans. i we like the the nordic system but should we try to apply it all at once over here because you have to consider the 150 million americans who don't want it mm-hmm. and you can't just be selfish yeah and i say that also to the right wing who want to just diminish taxation altogether it's like well you we both have to find common ground
2: i'm i'm afraid that in our current political environment that is a pipe dream current political environment because of the just the deeply entrenched deeply entrenched partisanship uh and just the tribalism you're talking about however we are young and ideally hopefully we've got a life ahead of us To
0: i'm hopeful to be honest honest. i'm very hopeful i think i have to be yeah i think look i've i've been here three years and uh some of the smartest people i've ever met in my life are in this school and they think hard and there's still communication there's still free speech and as long as you allow that to go around as long as you keep having the conversations then you can reach somewhere and that's why i came here you know i came here because this country provides the opportunity for ideas to 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 build up you know you're yeah. not you're not under an authoritarian structure a lot of people are trying to do that but it's not happening thank god for that thank the founding father as well
2: (laughs) you know uh, as as much as they were old white guys with old white guy interests they left um some decent structures in place they had a little bit of foresight so far the system has proven resilient uh so far yeah and I guess it's up to us to make sure that continues. Us I when I say us, I mean you know, the young people of the world who will be here and all those old people aren't. Mm-hmm. No offense to any old people <laughs> listening. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh we'll make an edit right here, I'm just I uh, couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. I, like, okay. I love it. You. <laughs> yeah. That's your call. <laughs> <laughs> the old um, audio engineer here, but go ahead.
1: Anyway,
0: I say keep it. Yeah, this is this
2: is the spice that people listen for. Um, I I have to say it's been it's a really sobering experience to listen to you and your story. Thank you. Um, I've heard parts of it in the past and bits and pieces, you know, but hearing it in this context, I, I
0: appreciate you having me. Thank you. Oh man, yeah, it's. This is like you
2: said. People need to hear perspectives like yours that are not inherently partisan. Um, that leave room for just a recognition of what is just a good idea. Uh, and clearly, the experience that you've had coming from a place where you saw, like you said, the end, the end game. Yeah. Of what real authoritarianism looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not fun, man.
2: No. And if there's, if there's anything that we take away from this conversation, it's we have a chance, not just a chance, an obligation to prevent that from happening. Not that we're close to it. And, like, I think we all that, – that, that perspective, I think, is an extremely valuable one for anybody listening to this. It's not – the end of the world is not nigh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not the end of the country either. Um, we have every tool at our disposal This education – for one um, to change the course of things so, yeah yeah thank you for coming on Miss radio and this is this is an opportunity for you to plug whatever the heck you're doing does <laughs> refugees youtube what, and what is the other
0: show you're working on charisma on command it's in arabic it's the arabic okay. version of charisma on command
2: well not to mention arabic version there's another conversation that you like participating participate in with your students. The conversation is entirely in Arabic. So for any students who are studying, or students who speak Arabic and miss hearing conversations, that is also going to be available the <laughs> 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 at the same time as
0: the show. I love how you up. they